Welcome to the Slow Living Collective podcast. I'm Amy, wife, mother of two and devoted homemaker. Join me on this journey as we explore the beauty of slow and simple living, where life unfolds at its own unhurried pace. I'll take you through my experiences of slowing down, tending to our allotment plot, finding joy in the little things and making the most of our small home. Together, we'll learn to live in harmony with the ever-changing seasons, discovering the magic that lies in embracing the present moment. So let's embark on this enriching adventure towards a more intentional and fulfilling life. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Slow Living Collective podcast. I'm Amy, and I am so grateful to have you here. Today's going to be a little bit of a different one, and I, first of all, I was like, oh my gosh, does this even sort of like marry up with what I do? And then I realised, I sat with it for a bit and thought, actually, do you know what it does? So today I am going to be talking about unethical business practice, and how does that connect to a podcast about slow and simple living? Well, back, way back when, years ago, I was involved in a multi-level marketing company. And it was only when I was on the other side of that and I learned so much while I was unpacking my experience within it that I came to find slow and simple living. It was almost like it was the opposite of everything that multi-level marketing represented. Uh, it was the this idea in multi-level marketing that you're always on, that you're you know hustling all the time, make money while you sleep. You can uh, you know you can sleep another time. In fact. There's always money to make. You can, you will make, you can make money all the time, and you can sleep when you've reached the top of the company. So, with that being said, today we're talking about unethical business practice, and I want to talk about it. I want to help you spot it so you don't fall for it because it is rife. It is everywhere, and I feel like I would be doing myself and you a disservice if I don't share everything I've learned over the last. 10 years. So let's dive into it. We've got a lot to talk about. It's probably going to be a long one. I want to talk today about my story in network marketing slash multi-level marketing, whatever you want to call it. I want to talk about multi-level marketing in general. I want to talk about master resale rights. I want to talk about pyramid schemes. And I want to talk about why these things are so cool. And I want to help you identify them because they're getting more and more clever every day. So let's do it. Let's dive in. I'm not going to keep you for a second longer in this intro. Let's do it. Oh, actually, one more thing. I am dropping all ads on today's podcast episode because I want us to focus on the goods and I don't want anybody to tell me, well, you're making money as well. Um, we will get to that. Okay, and also, also before we get going, I'm going to have to put a copyright disclaimer in here. You have to do it for these things. Um, this is commentary. This is going to be my experience, my thoughts, my opinions. And I am going to share this under the section 107 of the Copyright Act of 1976, where allowance is made for fair use for purposes such as criticism, comment, news reporting, teaching, scholarship, education, and research. So fair use is a use permitted by copyright statute that might otherwise be infringing. Non-profit, educational, or personal use tips the balance in the favor of fair use. So now we've done that, let's get going. So, before we get going, I think it's really important to highlight some of the key 
things that I'm going to be talking about today. So I want to talk to you, like I said, about what multi-level marketing is. I want to talk to you about what master resale rights are. I want to talk about the differences like with a pyramid scheme. I want to talk to you about why these practices are inherently unethical. I want to talk to you about my experience within a multi-level marketing company. I want to tell you why these things are so unethical. I want to tell you about the coercion, the mind control, the brainwashing that exists inside of these companies. And I want to talk to you about how you can spot them. But I want, it, it, it's rife on social media more than ever, um, particularly with master resale rights. I want to explain that to you and I want you to be able to make good and valid choices. Um, I want you to remember this key phrase that you've already heard a thousand times in your life, that if it sounds too good to be true, then it is. So with that said, let's dive in to multi-level marketing. So multi-level marketing, sometimes called network marketing, sometimes called direct selling. Um, it's, you know, you can have direct sales and it not be multi-level marketing, um, but many times it is. It's also called social selling. Some people have hijacked affiliate marketing. Anybody who knows about actually digital marketing in general knows that this isn't affiliate marketing. Um, there are so many names for the same thing, but multi-level marketing inherently is a business structure, uh, an unethical one, where reps or independent contractors join a company either for free or they pay to join and then they sell the products and recruit others to do the same. It has been often compared to a pyramid scheme in many instances, but it is a structure where you would earn through your own sales along with the sales and recruitment of your downline. So is it a pyramid scheme? I I can't confirm nor deny. Um, I am not the person to answer that question. There is multiple opinions online. I personally think that it is certainly pyramid scheme adjacent. Now, pyramid schemes are illegal. And, you know, if you ever, ever bring up a pyramid scheme to a multi-level marketing rep, they will have some kind of script that they're going to reel off to you straight away. Let me let me uh, explain that to you or demonstrate that even. So if somebody said to me while I was in multi-level marketing, is it a pyramid scheme? I would say, oh, gosh, no. No, it's not a pyramid scheme. Pyramid schemes are actually illegal um, and I would never be involved in anything like that. And that was a script. That was a script straight from my team that I was on within our company. Um, so just as a side note on that, there are many things that are illegal uh, and there are many things that are legal. And some legal things are still not ethically or morally correct. So I wouldn't necessarily hold too much weight in whether something is directly and explicitly a pyramid scheme or not, because even if it's not, it can still be considered wholly unethical and ultimately a scam. So... Um, Multi-level marketing reps, they will often use really attractive wording and phrases um, and ways in which they depict their life in order to pique your interest into the business model. You will hear phrases such as join my team, join this business or this business is doing X, Y, Z for me. And the goal is to make you interested enough so you inquire or maybe they might even convince you to join. 
Um, MLMs are manipulative, they are deceptive, and they are one of the most, in my opinion, most deceptive business models that exists. They are known for their alleged cult-like tactics, their manipulation, mind control, they use the bait and switch strategy, they are just full of coercion, um, and there are people like Dr. Stephen Hassan, he has spent um, a great amount of time and research looking into cults in general and multi-level marketing as part of that um, and how they use this. He developed this model called the bite model of authoritarian control. And he has looked into that specifically with um, generally with cults, but also with multi-level marketing too. Um, so if, if that's something you're interested in, I am going to go into a bit more detail on this a bit later on, but um, that is definitely something worth looking at, especially if you've been within a multi-level marketing company. And I want to highlight this right now. People that are in a multi-level marketing company or an unethical business model, I, I have some very, very significant questions about master resale rights. I think it is very, very close to the line, just like multi-level marketing is. Um, and if you have been in one of these things, go and check out the bite model of authoritarian control. Have a look at what Dr. Stephen Hassan has um, researched on. There is a lot of information out there on the internet. Um, and yeah, I have written fairly extensively about multi-level marketing on my blog as well. You can check that out. Just head to the slowlivingcollective.com and in the search box, I've got a little search box on the right hand side. You can actually just type in multi-level marketing and it will bring up quite a lot of um, information for you there but do check out the bite model of authoritarian control if you've been in a multi-level marketing company i promise you your eyes are going to be so wide when you read it and when you really understand what took place uh it's horrifying it really is so multi-level marketing companies like i said are incredibly manipulative and incredibly deceptive uh, and they are a quote-unquote business opportunity that is designed for you to fail because 99.6% of people, as per the FTC, will either not make or will lose money within this business model. That means for you mathematicians out there that only 0.4% of people will ever make money or be quote-unquote successful. Now, my opinion on this also is like, firstly, they are horrendous odds, horrendous, um, but also, is it really success if to be quote unquote successful, you have to basically scam? I don't know that scam's the right word, but you basically have to um, you have to you have to have others below you losing. If you are in that 0.4%, then there are 99.6% of people under you that are not winning. To me, that's not success. To me, that is exploitation. And I feel very, very strongly about that, that even, even that small 0.4% of people that are maybe earning money, and that's not to say they're earning a lot of money, um, but are earning money within that. I would be very curious to know 
what percentage of that 0.4%, which is nothing, what percentage of those people are actually making significant money? Because you can make significant money, but you are doing it at the detriment of every single person under you that is not and that is not ethical it is not ethical at all so uh, these figures are not figures i just pulled out at random these are statistics um that are have been explored and researched by the ftc now multi-level marketing like i said you can make money but i want to be very 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 clear on this the chances are that you will not. And if you are comfortable with making money uh, in this manner, then I don't know if this podcast is going to be for you, to be honest. Um, to me, that is unacceptable. But the problem is this. People who are recruited into multi-level marketing companies or are recruited into other unethical business models that we'll go on to, they are the victims in this. They are not the proponents of this. The people that own these companies are the proponents of this. And to some extent, I would love to know in that 0.4% how aware those people are as to what they're doing. Um, because in my experience of people that I was in multi-level marketing with, in my experience... Um, when they come out the other side as well, they are horrified. They are really, really horrified. Um, I really, really hope one day to get on this podcast um, a couple of my friends who have seen success in multi-level marketing, who left multi-level marketing about the same time as me, and have also had to go through this deconstruction process as well. Um, but because they saw immense success, I think that's been even harder for them. Um, I would love to get them on the podcast at some point. Um, I will try my best. But also you have to understand that there is so much shame attached to this when you realise what you've been part of. And I think specifically for people who you know have been in that 0.4% have seen success um, I think that shame could be even stronger for them because they know that they were a very active part that the money that they earn was off the back of others um, so multi-level marketing I would avoid it like the absolute plague um, how does it really work so um, when I said earlier that it is pyramid scheme adjacent, pyramid schemes often would sort of refer to themselves, oh, not refer to themselves, they are referred to as something that doesn't have a tangible product. And this is what sets multi-level marketing and master resale rights aside from a pyramid scheme. Like I said, I very much believe they are pyramid scheme adjacent. Just because something is legal doesn't mean it is ethically and morally right. Um, but within, a, I'm, because I'm still talking about multi-level marketing, um, and I think it will give us a really good foundation before we move on to master resale rights, because that is the real um, explosion at the moment and um, where the whole idea for this episode really came from. 
Um, so multi-level marketing companies um, use their distributors to sell their offerings to others and to bring new recruits into the business. Distributors are paid a percentage of their recruits' sales, and then these recruits become part of their network or downline and, and then in turn encouraged to make sales to earn money. Now, within a multi-level marketing company, um, uh, as you know, all of the common ones that you see, I'm not na- gonna name anyone here, you know them, you know them. And there are very extensive lists online that you can look up. And I would advise you of this, if someone comes to you with a quote unquote opportunity, um, and as maybe talking about earning an extra income or a side hustle, or you know, maybe earning money while you stay home with your children, all of these sorts of common things that disproportionately affect women because uh, in general, we are the ones that either want to stay home and give child, our childcare to our children, or we are unable to return to the workplace because it's not financially viable, or we have decided to stay home full time um, because that works for our family, but bringing in an extra income is always useful. All of these things, it disproportionately affects women more so than it does men. And I am also going to go into that later as well, um, because that is a huge, huge, huge problem within um, multi-level marketing, but also within the sort of like anti-unethical business model community. Um, So we will will definitely dive into that later in the episode. So when you join a multi-level marketing company, like I said, there is often a product. For me, it was wellness products. Um, and some of the products, they're not bad. They're not terrible products. They are probably not worth their money. I, I find often within multi-level marketing, the the prices are very, very overinflated. Um, and so you might not be getting the best bang for your buck, let's say, but the product does exist and it might be okay. For me, I will not purchase from a multi-level marketing company because I feel like the money, like I do not want my money to go and fuel exploitation. And that is essentially what is happening. And I know this happens across the board. I am also very mindful about my purchases outside of multi-level marketing and the exploitation that occurs. Um, And so it's always worth doing your due diligence on this. But when it comes to multi-level marketing, I absolutely believe um, that regardless of whether the product is good or not, my money is not going to fund that. I will not. I will not tolerate it. Um, but the real problem doesn't lie in the products or that they are overinflated in price because that is, you know, while it's, I wouldn't say that that's that ethical, but it's not the main issue. The main issue with multi-level marketing is a really behind it all, behind these products and the business, the, the focus is on recruitment. And that is a big part of what you do. And if you start to unpick or, you know, speak to anybody who's been part of multi-level marketing for any significant period of time, they will tell you that it is very, very rare, if not impossible, for you to become successful in terms like monetary terms, to be successful and earn a decent enough income on selling the products alone. 
you have to be recruiting people into the business. That is where the money's made. That is where when you open an income disclosure statement or you open up um, you know, the compensation plan for a company, that is where you will see that the real money is made in recruitment. And that is where it starts to feel a little pyramidy. Um, so when you are in a multi-level marketing company, you are encouraged to firstly sell the products, you are encouraged to sell the products, but you are also encouraged to basically recruit other people to do the same. So you are not just necessarily posting on social media about your shake or your skincare regime or anything like that. What you are doing is also selling your lifestyle and you're encouraged to do this. You are encouraged to sell a lifestyle that for the most part that people are perpetuating, they are not living because they haven't found success because they are probably in the 99.6%. And it's so important to keep this in mind when you're on social media, because people are selling you a dream. They are selling you this idea that I make money while I sleep, or, you know, I get to stay home with my children. I don't know when I am... When I'm working, you know, and I'm ill, I don't have to call in work. I'm so lucky, you know, I don't have to take a day off. Like, these are things that I would not be proud of. But, um, you know, rest is not, um, is, is, is essential, right? If you're unwell, you shouldn't be working. So, there's that. Um, you can, I hope you can kind of see how this kind of ties into, um, you know, where where I'm at and my thoughts are at in terms of slow and simple living. And hopefully you can actually really see where this all stemmed from. And so these people are selling you a dream. They're selling you this idea that you too could make money while you sleep. You could make money while you're home with your children. You could make money while you're raising them, while you're educating them. You can make money while you're on holiday, while you're with family, while you're with friends. It's a quote-unquote passive income. And listen, I have problems with that statement in general. Um, I don't believe anything is truly passive. I don't believe anything is truly passive because a passive income, um, you know, some of the things I do, I guess, could be considered passive. Like you create something once, but it does require upkeep and updating and it requires a lot of work. And um, I don't believe that passive income is necessarily a thing. But this is what the, the dream they're selling you, that you can make money time and time again without putting in too much effort. And there is no such thing as a get-rich-quick scheme. And somebody who is in multi-level marketing will um, absolutely come back with you on that point and say, no, no, you do have to work, you do have to work. Um, and the problem is, like I've been saying, the focus is really on recruitment. So I join a company and then I get trained by my team to recruit others to do the same as me. So I'm sharing the products, I'm sharing the lifestyle that this is affording me. And by doing that, I am then able to get people interested in what I'm doing and that they may want to do the same thing. Now, I want to I wanna 
step back on this just for one second because um, I've done this. I have absolutely done this. And like I said earlier, the people that are part of this are victims. And it's only when you are on the other side of it do you truly, truly realise what has been going on. And that's because largely when you join a company, you join a team within that company, you join under a distributor and you are welcomed into this team. There is a lot of cult-like tactics in there. There's a lot of love bombing when you join people and there's a lot of love bombing all the way through. But particularly when you join your team, there is a lot of love bombing. There is a lot of, you know, welcome, you're going to do amazing. Um, there is a lot of shouting people out, uh, you know, a uh, talking about how amazing they are, like they're going to run to the next level, we're going to be so successful. When there's like sometimes there's bonuses running, we're all going to get a bonus. It's just rubbish. <laughs> it's just rubbish. But the people that um, are in these multi level marketing companies, what happens is time and time again, the same tactics are used to recruit people in, and the same tactics are used within this sort of once you've joined within this group setting there is a, a lot of mild coercion and mind control and getting you to maybe switch your thinking on things it, it's it, it's it's hard to see when you're in it it's really hard to see and then when you're on the other side and you're deconstructing it you're like oh my gosh oh my gosh um you know simple things like and I'm going to refer to Stephen Hassan's bite model of authoritarian control here. It's things like they will tell you, like, you know, you shouldn't be watching Netflix. You should be working. Don't spend any downtime. Ignore your hobbies, essentially. They don't necessarily say it in that way. But ignore your hobbies because, yeah, pretty much uh, you should be working. Because any free time that you have, you should be working. Um, and this all refers back to, you know, it's just tactics of manipulation. It's manipulating you to, um, to, to conform in a certain way. And um, I am going to, like I said, I'm going to go deeper into the bite model in a bit. Um, but this is how these companies operate they uh, and the true money is only to be made in recruitment and in manipulation um so i do want to move on to master resale rights because that is something that i have seen coming up time and time again and it's really funny because when i started seeing about master resale rights i was like i have this funny feeling so like I said, I've been in a multi-level marketing company for five years. I have seen it all. I have heard it all. And then I have deconstructed it all. I spent a lot of time really immersing myself in the other side of multi-level marketing. And because master resale rights is something that is really, really <laughs> exploded on social media, um there was a lot that was really troubling me and it was troubling me in two aspects. So a lot of my career has been in digital marketing. It has been in, I have been doing things, multiple streams of income. I know it sounds like 
<laughs> sounds like I'm an MLM ham, but I do have multiple ways that I have worked over the years, um, whether that be through my blog um, and actual affiliate marketing, not what these guys are doing, actual affiliate marketing, where you have an affiliate link for a brand and if you use their link um, and somebody purchases through it, you get a very small kickback, let's say 10%. Um, at no extra cost to the person. That's true affiliate marketing, not what these guys are doing. Um, so I've been seeing like lots of stuff that was troubling me. Having worked in digital marketing for so long, like I said, doing blog stuff, I've been a copywriter, um, I have done personal brand strategy, social media coaching, so much stuff. It has been a huge part of my career. Um, I have worked for myself, um, but working for other people, you know, like freelancing. And so it was almost like this culmination of two worlds for me, two worlds that just collided. Because on the one hand, I was like, why why suddenly is everybody like a digital marketing expert? Like I haven't done digital marketing for like career based stuff since I had my children. Um, but I was like, what? Because I, you know, I hold, I still hold so much knowledge in my head from my time doing it. Um, I am so grateful that I got out. So grateful because the way um, this master resale rights is working now, I feel desperately sad for the true digital marketers because I'm just it's just a tidal wave of really poor information and people marketing themselves as experts and it's so difficult for those people that I you know friends and colleagues that I know have worked so so hard to get to where they are and and now this. Um, so I'd been seeing some really problematic language. And the thing is, because I'd been in multi-level marketing already, because I'd been through all of this, and you know, and I'd really sort of deconstructed it on the other side, um, I really felt like my spider senses were tingling. I really felt like something was not right. And I was like, what is it? What what is this feeling? I cannot put my finger on it. Like there was some language that I was very sort of akin to the MLM language. And I thought, well, that's a bit, I don't know. Uh, you know, like, um, some of the language that I've already shared, you know, like working, you know, making money in your sleep, passive income, um, you know, targeting like parents and, and things like that and I just felt very uncomfortable with it but at first I thought well you know maybe it's just you know people sharing that's like just been bad practice of social media sharing before you know um, and I thought it was maybe just accidental is honestly what I thought at first and it's like maybe someone's picked up what an MLM hunter said and thought oh that's a good way to market and it's probably not um I just felt very uncomfortable with it and I'd had discussions with my husband and said you know like I've seen a lot of this stuff and I've got like this twofold reaction to it because on the one hand I used to be a digital marketer and I find it very uncomfortable that people are selling like their roadmap to success on 
growth on Instagram because Instagram is ultimately a learning machine. You know, everybody talks about the algorithm, but the algorithm is not just like one solid entity. The algorithm is different for all of us and there are multiple algorithms within the app. So just quickly you know like there is an algorithm for stories there is an algorithm for reels there is an algorithm you know for, for your account and what you teach the algorithm is what the algorithm sends back to you so basically you know instagram wants to keep you on the app for as long as humanly possible that is their goal that is their goal they don't want you to leave the app anything that is requiring you to leave the app or close it down because you're bored is not what they want so they are going to have this, well, they're not going to, they have this algorithm that shows you more of what they think you are interested in. You see this not just on Instagram, on places like TikTok. I, I know like if I'm on TikTok, I will very, if I watch like one video on something suddenly I've got tons of it like I remember having once like uh, a, a video came up on like my for you page and it was like about um like the Mandela effect uh, if you haven't go down that right if you haven't been down that rabbit hole I'll let you go down that separately but um then suddenly I started seeing loads of it it took me a really long time to sort of reset my algorithm because TikTok thought that's what I wanted to see the same thing happens on Instagram like my Instagram this time of year is very neutral right um it is all the things that i'm interested in because that's what i'm telling the algorithm i'm interested in and um, once the formula one season starts and i start interacting more with formula one content because i'm a big formula one fan once i start doing that the algorithm starts showing me more formula one content so that would be on like my explore page so it starts showing me more and more formula one content now on my um, my general feed when I am liking content from people because they're sharing about their allotments and gardening I start to see more posts from other people sharing about allotments and gardening because we only see around five percent um, and the same in reverse uh, you know people only five percent of our audience really ever sees what you know what we're sharing and so what we tell the algorithm we like to see by way of likes, comments, sharing, DMs, all of these things, when we are, we are constantly telling the algorithm what we want to see. And the algorithm, therefore, is going to show us more of that because they want us to stay on their app longer. OK, now we've got that out of the way. This is why I was really uncomfortable with some of this digital marketing stuff, because I feel like it's very much selling snake oil. And I had been actually try because I've been a digital marketer, I often I am a big analytics girl. I love, love diving into the ins and outs of what works and what doesn't work for me. And it's very interesting because I was trying something new on my Instagram account because I'm a geek and I love it. Um, so I was trying something new on my Instagram account and just trying a, a different way of doing things because I felt like I had been very, I'd been through like a really difficult period of time in my personal life and I wanted to try and get back into really sharing good quality free content um which is my ultimate goal for most of the things i do it's what this podcast is for um it is what i you know i do um a significant amount of stuff on substack i have a blog you know a lot 
if not well, most, I would say 95%, if not more of what I do is free to access materials. Um, and so, you know, I had, I'd been trying something with my own Instagram account just to see. And I made it up. I didn't get it from anywhere. I just thought, you know what? I'm going to give something else a try um, just to see how I get on because I love this stuff. Like, you know, I'm a digital marketer at heart because I have been for so long. And so I had been trialing this thing um, and it was working really well. Like my reach was increasing um, all the time, all the time. Um, and then I went onto threads, which is a rarity for me. Sometimes I accidentally press the button um, and I ended up on threads Actually, I think I might have seen like a snippet of it. You know, you can see like snippets of it on Instagram if you're signed up to threads. And I saw something about Instagram marketing um, and about how somebody was say, telling their sort of route to success. I don't know that they were selling anything. I think it was just like a, a, a general post that this is what they had tried. And I went and had a look because I was really curious, not because I wanted to try it, because I was also seeing some sort of results in the new things that I had started trying. And it was, it really solidified for me that this idea of some, what some people sell, I'm not saying it's everybody, but what some people try and sell on their like Instagram growth or their roadmap to success on Instagram is that what works for one doesn't work for another. It is so nuanced because the algorithm is a constant learning machine. And so I was very much looking at this person's post like she is seeing the same sort of increases in her reach as I am and we are implementing complete opposite strategies. When I tell you it was completely opposite, it really was. And it just goes to show one thing. The only success that you need to really think about if you want to um, grow on Instagram is consistency consistency is the most important thing outside of consistency of course there are other things that that exist but when you are consistent um, and you show up and you share content um, that and, and valuable content as well like there's often this focus on valuable content and it's sort of really um you know what's valuable what's valuable to one isn't valuable to another um but you know when you are sharing um, valuable content, um, people are more likely to share it, right, if they identify with it. And so consistency is key. She was consistent in a completely opposite way to me. Um, and it really just did solidify that idea that I wore, that thing that I'd been thinking of, that, you know, selling your roadmap to success, it's like selling it is the problem. I am not against anybody making money when it's done ethically. I sell digital products myself. You know, you guys know this, you listen to this podcast. I have, you know, I have digital products. I am a yoga teacher um, as well. You know, like I do, I, I sell yoga classes. I do women's circles online and offline. Um, my online ones are free, my offline ones are paid. Um, and I don't have any problem with people creating digital products, creating courses, creating memberships, when it is done ethically, when you are putting in ultimately 
the hard work to share your knowledge with people. When you are selling something that questionably, like when you're selling something like this is my Instagram growth strategy um, and you're telling people like I did this, this, this and this and then they try it and they're like, well, that doesn't work for me. Um, that is perfect as a free lead magnet, of course. Um, but yeah, so it, it was sitting funny with me, let's say, because, um, you know, because I sell digital products myself, I'm, you know, I even question myself, like, oh my God, am, am I doing this? Um, just being like super transparent with you. I, you know, I, I questioned myself and I actually sat down with um, a friend the other day to actually record a podcast episode. And I was telling her this, like, you know, that I was questioning myself, like, am I part of the problem? Um, and then, you know, when I sat with it for a while and thought about, you know, the kind of stuff I create, um, I'm not giving anybody like this is your roadmap. Uh, this is, you know, my guide, um, you know, my seasonal living course, for example, this is teaching you about what seasonal living is um, and how you can implement it into your own life. But ultimately, everybody's life is unique. It's as unique as your Instagram algorithm. So I was finding that very difficult to sit with. But then there was this other sort of like emerging wave of digital marketers that were sort of sharing like, you know, success on Instagram. And I mean, I've always been a firm believer that while Instagram is a great place to exist, it is not the be all and end all. There is absolutely no way that you should be sharing or worrying, in fact, about likes, comments, shares, DMs, they are vanity metrics. They are not moving the needle in your business. They are just not. Um, they are, you are in a borrowed space. Instagram doesn't belong to you. Instagram belongs to Mark Zuckerberg, Meta and all of that. This space doesn't belong to you. It's borrowed space. Your followers are borrowed followers because if you lost your Instagram account tomorrow and you had say 10,000 followers, do you have a way to reach them? Because if you don't, then you need to. And so, you know, for me, my focus has always been in other places. My my email list, my blog, Substack, away from the platform. Is Instagram a part of my strategy? Of course it is. But Instagram is um, a space where I share content for free. Um, but it is not the be all and end all. You know, I have this podcast. I have lots of other things. And Instagram barely moves the needle for my business. Instagram is not what earns me money. Now, have I earned money on Instagram before? Absolutely. Um, in my old account, which I closed at 12,000 followers, um, I actually had... Uh, a lot of sort of sponsored content that I used to get paid for. Um, but I, I guess I outgrew that and like the money was always useful, don't get me wrong. Um, but it didn't align with me anymore. It really didn't align with me. And I know lots of people have problem with ads um, and I like to think the best of people and that they um, are only advertising things that they truly love and enjoy. Um, but it's not always the case. Um, it didn't feel like it aligned with me. It really doesn't align with my account now. Um, you know, I'm still in, 
um, one of the ad programs and I'll, I, I actually deleted the app. But sometimes I'll log back in and have a look and, you know, nothing, nothing aligns, nothing aligns, um, which is why I have never done that sort of stuff on this account. Um, but anyway, I'd been seeing this wave of digital marketers sharing stuff about Instagram. It was making me uncomfortable because I didn't necessarily feel like it's an area in which you should be capitalising on people's money um, because it is so um, open to interpretation. It, you know, the algorithm is so unique to each and every person. Um, so there was some of it, not all of it, but some of it, I was finding uncomfortable. But then on top of that, I was finding this, um, you know, discussions on social media and stuff I was seeing a little bit more uncomfortable. And um, I, I just couldn't put my finger on it. Like I said, there was a lot of uncomfortable language that really sent my spider senses tingling. I was like, this feels very MLM-y. Um, what, what is going on here? I can't figure out why it feels this way and why I feel this way and um, this all came to a head when I so I have um, a product called my Instagram playbook I actually created it back in 2020 long before this was a thing um, and it is a, just a helpful guide I guess to helping people create like a their personal brand because personal branding is super key digital marketing absolutely has its place and it's super important i really don't want this to come across like i'm saying digital marketing is the problem because it isn't but it is this new wave of people positioning themselves as digital marketing experts when all they've done is maybe engaged in some master resale rights which i'm going to explain a bit more about in a second and so, um, I was, yeah, I have this product. I have um, Instagram playbook and I mean, it exists on my website, but I haven't really done anything with it because that's not my, it's not my genre anymore. It's not my domain. It's not my niche. Um, but I was seeing more and more people um, talking about these things. And I was like, do you know what? I am going to... Um, just not re-release because I just suddenly dropped it but I'm going to sort of re-release I guess I can't think of another word for it my Instagram playbook for free and give people all of this information like um, and hope that they understand you know that it is not a one-size-fits-all approach that you don't have to pay for it um, and this information is out there um I also have a free Pinterest guide as well to help people with that. And so, uh, you know, I, I, like I said, I was feeling really sort of torn in this area and I didn't really know how I felt about it. And so um, I, you know, I, I shared about my um, Pinterest, um, not my Pinterest guide, my Instagram guide and um, loads of people downloaded it, put it for free. It was in like the link in my bio thing and um, you loads of people downloaded it and so I was like super pleased because you know this information doesn't have to be gate kept now I will caveat this with the fact that um 
I hope it is really clear that the problem I have is not with people selling digital products. It is not with people earning an income. It is not with people monetizing their labor because it is important that you get paid for your labor. The problem I have is selling something that questionably exists. And like I said about the Instagram algorithm, it is not static. It is ever-changing. It is unique to everyone. And so to sell somebody a guide for success feels uncomfortable. Um, you know, by all means, teach somebody how to create a personal brand and how to brand themselves and how to do that. You know, that is a skill. You know, I worked in it. That is a skill and that will help people. But these other things I have questionable feelings about um, and maybe that's just a me thing um, but I definitely had questionable feelings about it and so from there um, like I said I was seeing all of this stuff about um, you know like courses about you know passive income people making like seven thousand pound in a week and I'm like right this is feeling really sketchy to me my my MLM radar is like on high alert what is going on here because I just feel very very uncomfortable something is not right um and incidentally I got a message on Instagram from somebody so I I, I posted a story where I said you know like I'd put my um my free guide up um like you're welcome to go to my link and download it um you know it's just going to help you with a bit of personal branding and then somebody messaged me and said like can we convince you to talk about this more because i've been sort of like wittering on for a few weeks about both things i've been wittering on for a few weeks about digital marketing and Instagram and how I was a little uncomfortable with some of the language and, and things I was seeing and then I'd also been wittering on about multi-level marketing because I'd actually been thinking a little more about it when I really um, sort of decompressed from the experience in the first place I used to share a lot of anti-MLM content and it got me a lot of pushback from people in MLMs and so I sort of laid it to rest for a bit because it's really hard going when people online are coming at you all the time um, it's this really fine line between like I don't want other people to fall for the things that I fell for and if I can even put like a seed of doubt in someone's mind that they will check because these things are getting extravagant and very convoluted and so often people don't realize that they're signing up for what is ultimately um, an unethical business model and but it's really difficult. Like last time I did it, somebody um, got really irate with me that I was sharing anti-MLM content because people who are in multi-level marketing or in unethical business models consider you a hater or you're a hater, you're unsuccessful, um, you were never successful with it, so you just bash on it. You're just a troll. And it's so incredibly wrong. Um... And very frustrating as well because like you, you're not going to tell these people and like I have maintained throughout this entire episode this is um, you know these people are victims and they are victims of an unethical business model a scheme 
cult-like behavior in some instances and it is very very difficult um for them to see until they're on the other side i just wouldn't try i would not try and convince somebody um that is caught up in something like this because they are not going to believe it within their groups their teams wherever they come from they are already conditioned to believe that someone who speaks out against the business model is a hater or somebody who was unsuccessful or somebody who didn't make money or somebody who didn't work hard enough um, and they already have a script for things like this they have a script for everything every every red flag that you see and raise with them they have an answer for every question you have about the business they have an answer for um, and it's not their fault these things are you know are sort of predetermined when they join somebody is responsible but it's generally not um the the person you're speaking to um they are victims of it and they will one day come through the other side and i still think there are two camps after that as well there are people like me who are like i'm absolutely not going to allow somebody to fall for this and i'm not going to allow somebody to um you know jeopardize their finances jeopardize their relationships jeopardize their business i'm not going to stand for it and i will stand up and talk about the injustice of it um but then there are also people that are very ashamed now shame as i've said earlier comes across for everybody i think when they realize um and that shame for some people you know turns into i'm going to use this as a catalyst to make sure other people don't fall for this but for some people you know they feel very ashamed by it and they will not want to talk about it and that is completely fine as well um but the important thing is always to remember that these people are victims and they cannot hear you they cannot hear you it is very 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 difficult for them to um you know understand what's going on because they have been had their minds worked on and it's really sad to say that but they have and they've had their 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 thinking switched and it's taken me an incredibly long time to unpick that myself and you know i'm sitting here as one person and and you could say well that's just your experience and of course i am just speaking on my experience here but i have also spoken with and you know been a part of other things where you know people from multiple multi-level marketing companies other unethical business models have spoken have come together have you know spoken out about their experience and they all have that same common thread and it really does relate back to very similar cult-like tactics um so it is important to remember that these people are victims um but what can we do um i think the only thing we can do is continue to speak out about it if you're comfortable enough to do so and you're ready for the potential backlash um because when i like i've been talking about this digital marketing thing and it's sitting uncomfortably with me and me feeling like something wasn't right something doesn't feel right something feels like i'm back in mlm ter territory and i don't like it and um what i came to was master reselling rights now i will caveat this by saying master reselling rights are not um and they're not illegal 
um, it is um, a perfectly legal thing. However, um, it does come with some questionable ethics, let's say, in some quarters. Um, so master resale rights is when somebody creates something and you can purchase it. So in the in the case that I'm talking about, let's not be vague, in the cases that I'm talking about um, in digital marketing, it is often a course. Um, there are a couple of names I've heard mentioned about courses. Um, I'm not going to name them. I'm sorry. I wish I could. If you want to DM me, I will absolutely have that conversation with you. Have to protect myself um, because these things, you know, these things, despite the disclaimers, I am not putting my own business on the line for this. Uh, these people are not worth it. Um, but in, in digital marketing, it is coming across a lot of the time as courses. And these courses are designed to help you um, break into digital marketing. And so I'm, I'm, I guess I'm just going to share a little bit um, around that. So... Uh, a master resale right is a way to buy the rights to a digital course about making money from home and you can resell it to other people without plagiarizing it. Um, this business model has been around for a while. It is not new. It has gone through multiple different iterations in its time. I actually saw something about how, um, like way back in, was it the 80s or 90s? I can't remember, but this guy was... Um, placing classified ads in the newspaper and the classified ads were teaching people or telling people to reach out and then he would teach them how to make money by placing classified ads and it just becomes this big big circle so he was placing a classified ad to recruit people so he could teach them how to make money by placing a classified ad. And I didn't really look too much more into it, but I'm just gonna surmise that you bought into, you made an investment um, into some sort of master resale, right? And he would share with you uh, how he did that. Um, and so that is considered, you know, a, a master resale, right, as well. But now we are seeing it more in the form of like digital courses on how to make money by creating digital products or digital courses um it's not illegal um but it is not a ethical business model either in most instances so um master resale rights in its current form that we're seeing a lot on social media is People are sharing in a very multi-level marketing type way how they are making big money from home. Um, they are doing very multi-level marketing things like sharing screenshots of income that they are receiving when people buy their stuff. And here's the thing, guys. 
legitimate business owners are not sharing like their Stripe accounts or their PayPal accounts or every time they get a payment, they're just getting on with their lives and creating the products that their business sells, whatever that might be. Um, that might be knitted bobble hats. It might be a digital guide. It could be anything. But these people are not screenshotting their bank accounts to show us that they're earning all this money. It's a very, very icky MLM kind of thing. I used to do it. I used to do it because it is something that is recommended. So when I started looking into Master Resale Rights, I, I, knew, I knew it. I knew my spider senses were not tingling for no reason. Um, and I came across um, some uh, some posts from people that have been doing um, MRR, um, Master Reselling Rights. And I thought I would read one of them out to you. So this person started with a Master Reselling Rights course. Um, I'm not going to read out who it was with but it says I jumped on the bandwagon and started selling it and I made my own Instagram but once I bought the course the only thing I was really doing was reselling it and I just didn't like the way that I had to advertise to sell it 90% of the women were selling it and I'm talking about thousands are only reselling the course none of them are actually making their own digital products so basically you buy a course you promote all these income claims half of them are exaggerated or lies to resell the course so someone else can resell the course none of these people actually have their own digital products that they have come up with and are successfully selling them it is mostly just the course when I started to post to advertise the course to sell it I'm like how do I sell this a lot of them were like oh just post your income or go after stay-at-home mums to make extra money so I'm making all these false income claims to resell a course to someone bragging about the educational opportunity which it does have some good stuff but you can google slash youtube any of it for free but really at the end of the day you just resell the course to make your money. This is coming from someone who has bought courses started up a whole new Instagram page and literally quit because I was like what am I doing. It is a scam as per this person and yes eventually it's going to be so oversaturated that you are not going to be able to sell the course and nowadays the cost of living who has an extra $500 to pay for a course oh plus that's not including all of your programs and apps that you have to have monthly fees to do this like your stand store you have to have a program that holds all of your money and keeps track of everything also you have to pay for a program to do email marketing to keep up with everyone so here i am i bought a course and paying over a hundred dollars a month in subscriptions just to resell a course it's not worth it and yes you need a huge following to even make decent money the ones who claim to be making thousands already had a huge following and are influencers and that's just obviously one person's opinion um but it was that that then made me think like i'm gonna look into this a bit further um and so i actually looked up um, some of the master resale rights courses because I was very curious the courses themselves I believe without seeing inside the courses themselves actually will teach you how to create and market and sell digital products and that in itself is not a bad thing um, but they are encouraging you to create low ticket offers um, which again is fine um, but the resale of the course is a high ticket offer um, I think it varies I'm not really sure maybe three to five hundred pounds that is a big investment for anybody and so 
Um, I wanted to have a look because I was very curious as to whether after some conversations as to whether the actual smaller low ticket digital products were part of this um, resale rights thing or whether they, you know, these people were actually creating them or not. And so I went and had a look and I think it's probably a mix to be perfectly honest I think some people probably are creating their own digital products and like I said earlier in the episode some of those are around digital marketing and there's a little bit of uncomfortability with that as well um, but I also found a little section um, on one of the websites that sells one of these courses that says that they you can also purchase in addition to purchasing the course that you get the resale rights for you can also purchase a fast track bundle of products that you can just sell straight away and it basically says skip the lead magnet creation step and be able to use the additional below done for you digital products um so master resale rights gives you the rights to buy into the course and then teaches you how to use it to resell that course. So the next person buys in and does the same. Now, like I've said, there is nuance because you could use it to learn how to create your own digital products, but it seems like most people aren't doing that. Um, so even those that claim that their products are their own, it's very difficult to tell if they really are. They might be, but they equally might be not. Um, because some of these places are providing a repository of freebies slash lead magnet generators. Now, um, a freebie or a lead magnet generator is not a new concept. It's, it's a tale as old as time when it comes to um, digital marketing. It is something like, um, let me be transparent and use one of my um, like lead magnets, let's say. So I have a... Um, a freebie which is my simple living guide and it's just a pdf which has some tips in it about how to embrace living simply i would consider it like a starting point for simple living if it's something that you're curious about it's going to give you a little bit of information it's going to sort of set you thinking about some things and as I say with simple living all the time anyway um you know it's very unique to your own circumstances so it's just a guide a very small simple free guide that I created 100% myself out of my own head um as with all of the stuff that I have to offer now this is what is considered as a lead magnet and there's nothing wrong with this process because we often, when it comes to any kind of marketing, we will give away our email address in exchange for something. Um, and then we have the control over that in terms of like maybe we'll unsubscribe. So just as an example, when I bought some period pants, I, um, I had the pop-up came on the screen. First time customers, if you sign up to our mailing list, you get 10% off brilliant here's my email address send me that 10% because I want 10% off because they're quite expensive um, and it's the same idea that you, in exchange for your email address somebody will give you something a 10% off code uh, access to something like a freebie that in itself is not problematic. So you exchange your email address and you end up on the mailing list. If the mailing list doesn't serve you, then you can unsubscribe. Um, and like I say, that is a tale as old as time. Um, what 
is a little uncomfortable here is if we are sharing things that we didn't create but marketing it as if we did create it that's a little uncomfortable um listen i know we live in an ai age but even if you're using ai you are supposed to declare that too <laughs> so um it's not illegal uh, but multi-level marketing isn't illegal either should it be uh multi-level marketing probably <laughs> um but le legality doesn't equal morality some MLMs, like I've said, have really good products at their core, but they are often overinflated in price. And it's really, it starts to become really problematic with the recruitment and the wild income claims, which is totally against FC, FTC guidelines. Um, and this appears to be happening here in master reselling rights too. Now, I'm not saying it's everybody, um, but um, it is looking like a common thread. So essentially, you are buying into a course that will teach you how to resell that course. And the extras, um, which is um, maybe teaching you how to find success in digital marketing, how to create digital products, whether you are creating them yourself or not, the course itself is going to teach you, I believe, some valid techniques, but nothing that you can't potentially find online for free. Um, and it has a high price point. So... Um, the thing is this you are the the resale of the course is going to be your biggest ticket offer um at least at the beginning i don't know if people are actually um you know delving in and actually creating like bigger ticket offers themselves maybe they are they you know they could could be an opportunity um but instead a lot is seems to be going down this sort of more unethical route um and like i said it's not illegal um but the problem lies in you are getting somebody to make an initial investment so that they can buy the rights to resell a course so that they can recruit the next lot of people to part with their money buy into it and resell the course and it's just not an ethical way to exist because also going back to digital marketing in general moving the needle of your business doesn't come from likes and views and comments and followers they're just vanity metrics they don't mean anything um, they don't mean anything in terms of earning potential and I had the unfortunate <laughs> uh, experience of obviously unsuspectingly running into somebody who did master resale rights without knowing about it so i didn't even hadn't even looked into it um until um i received uh, a bizarre message in my inbox which i found i don't know i just found it the weirdest interaction that, and i've had a lot of interactions with people in mlms this was a weird one um so I, I happened to mention on my Instagram stories that I was finding this, like a lot of stuff online just sort of really problematic. Like I've already explained, like a lot, like around digital marketing, a lot of the language I was finding it, I was finding it problematic. And, and that was me basically trying to say like my spider senses are tingling and I don't know why. Um, and so I called out some of this questionable language because um, like I said, I was my spidery senses are tingling away um about this language and somebody replied to me um and told me that 
I just ruined their business, which was a bit strange. Um, and it was very sort of, um, there was a lot of gaslighting, very classic cultish reactions. Um, I thought I replied very diplomatically um, because, you know, I said that, you know, I didn't have a problem. So this person came to me and sort of said, like, you've just destroyed my business. And I was like, well, it's a bit dramatic, but, um, and sort of said, you know, you sell your own digital products. And it's like, yeah, my own that I work really, really hard on. Um, and, you know, also I'm very well qualified in my area. <laughs> As well you have worked very very hard in what I do now I don't necessarily believe you have to have a qualification to be able to teach something or sell something I don't believe in that at all but the the fact of the matter is I've worked incredibly hard to get to where I am um, and you know I, like I've explained throughout this episode there was a lot of um, you know, sketchy sort of stuff that I'd been seeing online anyway. And that's what I was finding uncomfortable. Um, and so I, you know, I, it, it wasn't a personal attack. I actually didn't until she sort of landed in my inbox. I didn't really go and look at what she was doing because she was a fairly new follower of mine. Um, and so I, I was a little perplexed, if I'm honest, um, but like I said, I've had many multiple interactions with people in unethical business models before. Um, so, you know, I just wanted to just sort of say like, you know, there's nothing wrong with making a living. Um, but there is a lot of problematic language in this industry. And uh, with that comes a lot of problematic practices. Many that I feel that I've seen in multi-level marketing before. And, you know, I just explained that, you know, I spent nearly two decades in digital marketing. Um, and, you know, I was very uncomfortable with this um, idea, like I've already said in this episode, about, you know, selling the dream on the algorithm. Um, but then I did just finish up and said, you know, if you're confident that you're not doing this, then this probably doesn't include you. Um, and one person speaking about it doesn't destroy your business. Um, you know, she came into my space. She came into my DMs. Um, I didn't court her. I didn't know what she was doing. Uh, you know, I was I'm just talking in general. Like, I can't swing my underwear on Instagram without running into these people. Adverts and all about passive income, digital products. It's everywhere. I'm sure you guys have seen it as well. Um, and this this is the thing. Um, you know, this was my space. This is my space to share my thoughts and my opinions, just like this is on this, on, on the podcast. And, you know, I was, you know, I'm able to call out things that I, I find, um, unethical. I think it's important that we do call out things that we find unethical. Um, of course I sell digital products, but like I said, I sell digital products that I've worked really, really hard to create myself in an industry that I've trained really, really hard in. It is endless hours away from my husband, from my children to create something to benefit others. Um, but above all of that, 95% of what I do is free. Um, 95% of what I offer is completely free. Um, but also, you're not going to find me suggesting that if you download my mindful movement guide on yoga, which is free, that you're going to earn £7,000 a month or a week. 
You know, like it's these wild income claims that come with these things. Um, I'm an ex-MLM hun. And when I stumble on something that doesn't feel right, I know it. I feel it. And I felt uncomfortable about this. And my gut reaction is really wrong. None of our gut reactions are usually wrong. That's what it's for. Um, you know, I was in an MLM for five years and I had to do, like I've said in this episode, a lot of work to unpick and unpack all of the authoritarian mind control techniques and brainwashing that occurs. And I found this particularly strange interaction um, because I am, I, I truly, truly believe, um, and this happens time and time again, in situations that this this is not a me problem this is a you problem because and and this happens in in everything um it is a there is a trigger here that has caused a reaction that is sort of above and beyond what it should have been um you know it wasn't it wasn't a personal attack it wasn't talking about you i'm talking about an industry in general um and it's the reaction just got my spider senses tingling even more because I know that reaction. I know that reaction. That is a multi-level marketing reaction. I've had that reaction. I have been that person. I, 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 I it just cemented everything for me that I was really sort of on the right track with my gut feeling. Um, because it was a, a, a very sort of way out there response to something that wasn't really about anybody. Um, it's it's just a, like a real cult behaviour. And before I wrap up this episode, and it's super long, but I am going to dive into that bite model of authoritarian control. Um, but, you know, she did come back to me after that message um and told me that my post was very misleading um but i actually I, I couldn't figure out why because in my original post i said that i found there was a lot of problematic language it was a around my time in multi-level marketing um and i you know i basically said the same thing again that there's a lot of problematic language around this that is like my time in multi-level marketing and that you know also in that post i mentioned about how you know there's a lot of content that's available for free and also that um, the Instagram algorithm is a learning machine. I said that publicly and I said that to her. They're the same two things. Um, and so it was, yeah, it was just, it, it was just a confirmation that I wanted to dig deeper because I'm a geek. Um, because I was like, this, there is something here. Um, and I'm glad I did get to see it. So thank you for messaging me um, because now hopefully I can continue everything that I've already done on multi-level marketing and make sure people are aware of this as well. Um, something that really, really irritated me um, but didn't surprise me was that um, I was accused by this person of you know, not supporting um, her because she's a woman. Um, and uh, I find this gross. I actually wrote an article back in nearly a year ago in 2023 um, about um, this idea that anti-MLM education is often considered by those that are caught in the trap as um, anti-women. 
and really it is the complete opposite because um, I feel like oftentimes in these industries people hide behind this idea that we should support what they do and support what we suspect is an unethical business model just because it's a woman doing it and I am also a woman. I don't care how people make money. I will celebrate you all day long in your small business. I will even help you for free with all the knowledge I have. I'm not interested in being a part of digital marketing for a second longer. Uh, certainly not now. Um, I, you know, I will absolutely sit down and help all of the people that ask me. I'm often talking about it in my inbox and I've been talking about it for weeks, trying to find a way that I can do it once and then not have to do it again. Um, and now I just can't be bothered, to be honest, because it's like I'm not I'm not joining in with this. I am not being tarred with this brush. But I do not agree with this idea that women have to support women even though they're in an unethical business model, um, just because I am also a woman. I don't care how you make money, but I do care if you're scamming people. Um, it's frustrating, and I've actually had conversations about this as well um, since I received this message, um, not from this person, from, from friends of mine and other people, um, that it's really soul-destroying for people who have their own businesses who are really trying to raise a business from the ground up um because and it's just like multi-level marketing you know in multi-level marketing the huns say they have their own business and they don't they don't have their own business they're you know the contractors for billion dollar companies it's not quite the same in master resale rights but you know you're still not raising your business from the ground up like a standard business and it's very frustrating um you know i've spoken to people who are like you know it makes me not want to try um and that's so disappointing it's so disappointing because people feel like there's a tidal wave of this sort of thing and what's the point in them trying what is the point but you have to remember that this is an unethical business model for most people and they are using it unethically and um the legitimate, honest, authentic people will rise to the top. Um, and it will happen. Um, but I, I get it. I get it why it feels so icky. Um, now, the person in question, I'm not going to give too much more airtime for this part of the podcast, but the person in question did take to their own stories. Um, they blocked me, um, but took to their own stories to have a little bit of a rant about the fact that I am a dreadful, dreadful ally for women um, because I dare call out um, a potentially unethical business practice. Um, and like I've already said, you know, implying that if you're unsupp unsupportive, it's because you're just a SHIT ally to women. No, you know, I support anyone. We all are, you know, us as women in general, right, we all support a successful woman who's working hard. We don't support scammers. We do not care your gender. We do not support a scammer. I am not going to support you just because you are barking on about women supporting women. It's culty, guys. It's culty. Um, you don't get a free pass just because you're a woman and I'm a woman. Um, 
But listen, buying a course and having the resale rights to that course and passing that course off to others as your own is not a skill and it's not expertise. But also, even if you are teaching people how to grow on Instagram and that is legitimately your own work, then you are also still selling snake oil. Because like I've said multiple times, this is a learning machine that is constantly changing depending on what you feed into it. And all of the info exists for free. Listen, pause this episode, if you haven't already fallen asleep because it's so long, pause this episode and go and check out people like Jenna Kutcher, check out Amy Porterfield. Those two people alone will help you immeasurably in starting your own business for free. Do they have paid offers? Absolutely they do. But the, the stuff they have for free is enough. It is enough and you can find everything you need. I listen to Jenna Kutcher's podcast on the daily. Her, her podcast, look for it on wherever you get your podcasts, is called The Gold Digger Podcast. Go and check it out. It is incredible. There is so much value in the content that she shares. Please go and check her out. There is also a creator on YouTube. I think he's called, I'm just going to quickly look, stay with me. I think he's called Hey Dominic. He shares a lot of stuff about Instagram. If you're interested in that, he does share a lot of stuff about um, Instagram. So go and check him out. I'm just really slow internet um but hold on let's have a look yes hey dominic is his name um and he shares all stuff about social media about being a creator about algorithms about things that work he shares all of that stuff for free on his youtube channel go and check it check him out he is really really worth a follow if you are interested in this sort of stuff um and just going back to this interaction you know this person it very much acted like i personally attacked her that i ended up in her inbox and that you know i was the one that was criticizing her directly which is very a wild take but not um, an unknown take. Um, my opinion on this really is that if you take something so generic so personally, then maybe think about why. What what did that trigger in you? What are you questioning? Um, it's nothing I wouldn't expect, knowing what I know. Um, this is exactly how someone in an MLM would react to. Um, and I know this because I am that, or I was that. Um, and this is why these kind of interactions happen. I'm using this as an example. This is why these interactions happen. Um, I am now a massive threat. I am a massive threat because if I start talking, that puts threat to the business model. Now listen, I will support you all day long when you're doing something ethical. I will absolutely support you all day long. I will big you up, I will share my knowledge, and I will absolutely share the absolute SHIT out of anything you want to create. The people that know me, the, my friends, the people that are, you know, friends via Instagram, right? People that I've connected with via Instagram. If you guys are listening, you guys know, you absolutely know that I will give you all the time in the world to answer your questions about these things. I will absolutely support you. Uh, you know, until I'm blue in the face. But I will not, I will not and I cannot ever 
support an unethical business model. Um, so like I said, I know why this uh, this interaction happened. I am a massive threat. As soon as I start opening my mouth and talking about these things, I am threatening an unethical business model. And once people become aware to an unethical business model and question whether or not they are being scammed, then people are less likely to buy into it. That is my goal. That is my goal. My goal is absolutely to stop you wasting your hard-earned money and you know buying into something that is just rubbish so also just going back to other people you can follow if you're if you're really interested in uh, this current wave of master resale rights thing like i think everybody is some sort of aware on multi-level marketing they are very smart you always need to keep your eyes very much peeled master resale rights is newer in terms of the explosion it's seen on social media be aware of it um, question everything and um, definitely do a lot, a lot of research. And if you are really stuck, send me a message and I will do the research with you. Um, so yeah, the, the more people that are aware of business models like this, the less that will fall for it, um, which is a great thing, um, but not if you're part of it, because suddenly now you feel very threatened. Um, so, you know, what I share on my account, on my podcast, on my blog, it's my space. And I can publicly do as I wish to some extent and share what I disagree with and my thoughts and opinions on that. Um, listen, if I was jumping in these people's inboxes and telling them, you know, like, you're being naughty, um, then, you know, you can absolutely call me out. But you came to me. You came to me something I said resonated and you came to me um you know and the thing is the gaslighting didn't just happen in my inbox it continues over on on these people's stories as well because you know they suddenly share this you know this this long-winded rant about how women don't support women and it's gross and you know I, I would she would always support me okay um and the thing is, what she's doing is firstly making a big overreaction to a very general comment that she's trying to claim has nothing to do with her, but she's taking it very personally. Um, and then twisted the narrative to, well, made it about herself, then twisted the narrative to suit her and then manipulate her own followers into believing it. It is, if it looks like a cult and it walks like a cult, you know... Um, but like I've said all the way through this episode, I want to be really clear. This person is a victim. All people that are coerced into all of these unethical business models are victims. They have been taught an answer for every red flag. And, you know, they're not touchable at this point. And that's why I said earlier, just don't try. Just do not try. The best thing you can do is flag up these unethical business practices so more people don't follow like fall for them you know um because that is the most important thing if you can stop people falling for them then they slowly start to collapse um but you have to be loud and you have to be vocal about it and i know that's not for everyone um but you know i'll do it <laughs> um pyramid schemes can and do exist and they exist until they're found out and they're shut down um and it's gonna take years decades 
um, and by which time it destroys many people's lives, finances and relationships. And I want to just touch on um, is anti-MLM, anti-women from um, the article I told you I wrote. And I just want to read like my concluding paragraph. Anti-MLM education is pro-women because it seeks to expose and challenge the systemic exploitation and manipulation of women within the MLM industry. MLMs often specifically target women by using language that promises financial empowerment, personal growth and flexibility. However, these promises are rarely fulfilled and many women end up losing time, money and their self-esteem. Anti-MLM education empowers women by providing them with the information about the predatory nature of MLMs and the tactics they use to manipulate vulnerable individuals. By highlighting the dangers of MLMs and advocating for financial literacy and empowerment, anti-MLM education is pro-women and supports their well-being and autonomy. And the same goes for any other unethical business model. If you don't call out systemic exploitation when you see it, then it continues to grow. And when it continues to grow, more people end up scammed, traumatised and out of pocket. These people are victims and they will never ever see what they are part of until they're on the other side. I promise, I promise they will not. But this is a commercial cult. They're all commercial cults. Um, so let's let's dive in a little bit before I wrap this up um, about the bite model of authoritarian control because I promise you it is eye-opening. So the bite model was created by Dr. Stephen Hassan who has committed his research into cults and cult-like behaviour um, including things like unethical business models. He speaks on this as well. Um, so the bite model stands for behaviour, information, thought and emotional control. Um, and it is so interesting in relation to some of these business models that exist, these unethical business models, particularly around what we've been talking about today. So um, not all of them apply because they are related directly to cults, but there is a few that definitely prove that these things have very cult-like behaviour. So I'm going to firstly talk about behaviour control. Um, and some of the thing in behaviour control includes things like financial exploitation, manipulation and dependence. Um, this, this one is really interesting. A restricted leisure, entertainment or vacation time. And I think I sort of touched on this earlier actually because it's this, um, this idea and this um, subtle mentioning that you should not be necessarily you know wasting your time watching television or doing a hobby you know it's restric restricting your leisure and your entertainment or your vacation time that idea that you can work anywhere you could work anywhere so you can work on holiday do you know what if you're on holiday take a break because everybody else gets to um major time spent with group indoctrination um including the internet uh, that is really interesting. So certainly in multi-level marketing, they hold these big conferences, which um, is just that a big, it feels like that at least, allegedly, let's say, um, it feels like this big group indoctrination um, where you hear success stories, 
Um, this also happens within um, like communities and teams in like, Facebook groups and things. Um, it is a big group indoctrination, a lot of success stories, a lot of rags to riches stories, a lot of people who, you know, I made, I'm making this amount of money, you know, I was having to use a food bank and now look at me, that sort of thing. I've seen that quite a bit uh, recently too. Um, we've also got um, this idea, I guess this one's more difficult to prove, but I think it definitely exists. It's a discouraging individualism and encourages more of a groupthink mentality. Everything is focused around, you know, the, the unethical business model that you're part of. Um, let's move on to information control. Um, so under information control, one of the big things that occurs in these unethical business models is deception. And that is just well these things they're not like so obvious that they're glaring you in the face let me put it that way um but when you dive into it you can explain away some of them so the deception there's like deliberately withholding information so you know that can occur in many instances within um unethical business models you know not entirely being truthful about how earnings are made how many people are actually seeing success um, and things like that distorting the information to make it more acceptable this could be like fake testimony it could be uh, saying you know like some people are earning more than they realistically are um, and it's just this idea of you know a lot of deception and lies um, there's this idea that you discourage access to non-cult sources of information and so it is basically almost putting a ring around the people that are part of the um, the group the the business model whatever you're referring to and ensuring that they are seeking most of their validation from other people who are doing the same thing um, and so you want to minimize access to anything that is firstly maybe speaking out about it um you you want to minimize access to people that were maybe former members or distributors or whatever this happens very very much in multi-level marketing it's actually one of the things that i think often keeps people in longer than necessary because when somebody leaves a multi-level marketing company sometimes i mean this generally happens i think um, with sometimes bigger people within that industry. I don't know, I think, I think it kind of happens across the board. It certainly happened to me. Um, is that when people leave, sometimes you get told to block them. You often get told, like, a, a few, there was a few instances that I can recall where I was told, you know, as a group, um, you know, you need to block this person because they've gone to another company or they have, you know, they're, they're saying bad things about, you know, uh, our MLM and you need to, um, you know, not engage in that. And it's so interesting, discouraging this access to former people, people who have got out of it. Um, is wild because obviously people who have got out in some circumstances are actually speaking the truth on what they found and what happened and it's so interesting so so interesting um there is another uh, another element to that as well keeping members busy so they don't have time to think and investigate um 
yeah, you know, everything can be explained away inside an unethical business model. There is an answer for everything. Um, and certainly within multi-level marketing art of my experience, you know, it's, you know, don't focus on these things, focus on growing your own business. Don't worry about what everybody else is saying, just keep your head down and keep going. Um, and I suppose this springs nicely into another element of um, information control, and that is where they um, compartmentalise information into an outsider versus insider doctrines. And this is very, very much um, what I have seen occur and I've heard from other people as well, that you know, you are very much split into a group like an us versus them. Um, lots of people fall out with family, with friends, um, colleagues, because, you know, they're trying to recruit them and they're saying like, no, I don't want to be part of it. And, or they do become part of it and then they want to drop out. It's very, it leads to some very, you know, contentious relationships. Um, I definitely, definitely definitely saw this this idea of um you know people that are part of it and people that aren't um and this is um really really interesting to me as well because it's that idea that when you're speaking out about something um you are the outsider and you need to be discredited at all costs um and 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 that sort of links back to you know not being able to um or not 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 being able to but but trying to um encourage people that are part of this um you know business model that they don't have any contact with former people or people that are speaking out against it that's why those people are termed as maybe a troll they're negative they were unsuccessful and you know all of these things why women are not supporting women all of this sorts of stuff um another one this one is this this group um information is fascinating um uh, there's a section called encouraging spying on other members um, and I wouldn't say spying was necessarily how I would describe it but um, a subsection of that impose a buddy system to monitor and control members um, again I don't think this is entirely what happens but you used to have like accountability partners and you would you know buddy up to keep each other accountable and so I think that fits in there a little bit um yeah, uh, extensive use of cult-generated information and propaganda, um, which can um, be newsletters, magazines, journals, audio tapes, videotapes, YouTube, movies and other media. Um, and this happens a lot, um, just lots of sharing of the same things within the business model, um, just to keep you in, keep you inspired. And also in here is misquoting statements or using them out of context from non-cult sources. This happens a lot um, in unethical business models. They cling on to maybe something that somebody in the like personal development space has said, um, and it becomes you know like their 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 biggest quote. Um, but it's sort of misquoted or sort of used out of context. Um, so let's move on to thought control. 
Um, so the first part of thought control is requires members to internalize the group's doctrine as truth. Um, and that sort of instills that black and white thinking. It's that us versus them mentality that we already spoke about. Um, and so another thing is use of loaded language, cliches which constrict knowledge, stop critical thoughts, reduce complexities into buzzwords and so I think this happens a lot in these unethical business models as well you know there's a lot of buzzwords there's a lot of cliches there's a lot of quotes all of that um also so this is all under thought control obviously um another one is and this this is worrying that the thought control section is worrying <laughs> um and I think this happens a lot I really do think this happens a lot <laughs> um, and I, I find it so problematic and it's teaching thought stopping techniques um, which shut down reality uh, by stopping negative thoughts and only allowing positive thoughts. There is a massive connection between unethical business models such as multi-level marketing, um, pyramid schemes, maybe master resale rights, these groups, I feel like, my personal opinion, there is a big connection um, between that and this idea of um, toxic positivity. Now, toxic positivity can exist anywhere, um, but it definitely, definitely exists with inside these programs um, because you are definitely taught to see the positive. You know, if anybody posts anything negative on a team page, deleted deleted gone uh you know you want the least amount of people to access that at any one time and it's really interesting i just had this thought that it was always that we had our teams big and all together and you weren't allowed not you weren't allowed but you shouldn't break away and have your own team page until you reached a certain rank of the company. And now, and I literally just thought of that, and I'm wondering if that's because then they can keep a better eye on what you're talking about. I don't know. And I don't think... The, the thing is this, the people above me in my team are just people that have been in probably slightly longer um, and have just reached a higher rank. And so I don't necessarily think it's... Um, you know, a planned thing, I think these things have been taught from the top somewhere and then they just sprinkle down over time and everybody is just churning the same, same thing and we are essentially all radicalising each other. Um, but it's really, really concerning to me that these things that happen inside this bite model, like, these people are working on your brain. And... Mm, I'm not yeah <laughs> I do not feel happy about that at all so that definitely occurs rejection of re rational analysis critical thinking constructive criticism it's pretty much what I just said about you know how you're not allowed to sort of be negative about anything um forbid critical questions about leader doctrine or policy again I think that that was already covered um instill a new map of reality i would say that 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 could occur you know um teaching you how to think a different way and that is a lot of what you have to unpick when you come out because you realize that just very subtly and over time and without you really noticing you have been taught to change your mindset change your mindset change your life 
Um, yeah, so um, let's finish up on emotional control, the last part of the bite model. Um, manipulate and narrow the range of feelings. Some emotions and needs are deemed as evil, wrong or selfish. I think that really does also come under those thought stopping techniques as well. Um, make the person feel the problems are always their fault, never the leader or the group's fault. This is a biggie. This is a biggie. Sit tight. Buckle in. In an unethical business structure, like what we've been talking about, what often happens is if somebody leaves or, you know, maybe they maybe they slip through the net and they're able to make a complaint that they've been doing this, that and the other and they're not seeing success, it's always deemed as their own fault. They're not working hard enough. They, ha they haven't got the right mindset. They, they need to work on their mindset. Their mindset is holding them back. That is the stumbling block. That is why they can't get there. Not because 99.6% of people will never make money. It's their own fault. It is never anything to do with the business model itself, the leadership, nothing. It is nothing to do with anything. We have given you all the tools you need this is a you problem. Um, so yeah, that definitely happens, um, which goes on to promote feelings of guilt or unworthy unworthiness, like you are not living up to your potential. And just to finish off, um, well, actually, no, I've got two things to finish off with um, under this category, extremes of emotional highs and lows, love bombing and praise one moment and then declaring you are a horrible sinner the next. So, I mean, nobody thinks you're a horrible sinner in these groups, but the love bombing and praise is big. But then, you know, it's when you're not being successful in somebody's eyes um, and you're questioning that, that's thrown straight back to that being a you problem. Um, and then last but not least, we have phobia indoctrination, which is sort of creating irrational fears about leaving the group. Um, and this definitely happens too, um, that you know, if you leave, you're not gonna find the same fulfillment, you're not gonna find the same earning potential, um, that those who leave fear being rejected by friends and family, those who leave are weak, undisciplined, maybe they um, were unsuccessful, that they're haters, you know the drill. Guys, this has been such an incredibly long podcast episode and I'm incredibly sorry, <laughs> um, but it was important that I was able to share this in its entirety because it is such an important topic and I just hope that if you learn anything from all of this, that it is to question what is out there. Question it. Because those people who are selling things legitimately will not react in a way such as we have seen. Um, and question it all. It's okay to question, to research, to ask for more time on something. Um, if people get irritable with you, then I would suggest that maybe that's a good sign <laughs> that you're not in the right place. Um, and I hope above everything that this just helps you avoid what so many people before you have been through. Don't fall for these things. There are so many amazing ways that you can be successful, that you can run a business, that you can monetize what you do, that you can build a side hustle. Don't like the word side hustle, but, you know, build a side income or some sort of income from your passions. The world is your oyster. You can do that and you can do it legitimately. Find those people that are legitimately offering 
stuff that you know is and i know i know it's so difficult to wade through i know it is um but please um you know if you're ever suspicious of something i am always willing to help i am always willing to take a look at something and just give my opinion on what i think it is um you know i've i've experienced it and my only goal is that others don't fall for it as well because when i've spoken out about this in the past it makes me so sad the amount of people that respond to me and say, I feel for something like this as well. Um, and, you know, the more we speak out about these things and the more we highlight these unethical business practices and what is really going on at the core of them, then hopefully it sows that seed of doubt in people's minds and they won't fall for something. We live in a, a world that is so expensive now. Please, please don't put your hard-earned money into something that could potentially scam you. Don't believe anybody that is giving you wild income claims. Please don't believe it. Um, if you want me to do another episode, doing a further deep dive, I would love to do so. Um, I am... You know, like I said earlier in the episode, I I found it difficult before when I spoke out. Um, but do you know what? Some things are more important, aren't they? You know, it's difficult to speak out about these things um, and encounter not great people coming back at you. Um, I think sometimes, you know, I like to give it a free pass as much as possible. It's not their fault. They're a victim. Um and one day they will see that. Um, and I do hope that when they do, they remember the conversations that were had along the way. And, you know, I, I dare say they will feel the shame that everybody else does as well. Um, it is such a difficult subject. Um, and I hope this has spread some light on it. I would love to know your thoughts. Head over to Instagram. I'm there'll be a post there about all of this leave me your comments i would love 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 to chat with you um you can always dm me as well um also i am going to put a question box on this episode so you can ask any questions and um yeah i will try and answer them maybe in a future episode but i just want to say thank you so much for sitting through this episode it is so important i'm sure you didn't get through it in one go if you did i hope you managed to clean your house effectively <laughs> while you're doing it um yeah i would love to talk more on this subject because the more we talk about these things and the more we expose these things then the more people we save from them um, and that is the most important most most important thing ever um so head over to instagram hit me up there let's chat i'm over there at the slow living collective you can follow me on the blog and you can check out my um multi-level marketing stuff on the blog too by just searching for it um but that is the slowlivingcollective.com you can also check out my free substack community which is the slowlivingcollective.substack.com anything else you need head to instagram check the link in my bio i have everything all of my freebies everything i have to offer there i promise you i'm not going to tell you that you can make seven thousand pounds this week because you probably can't so anyway i hope you all enjoyed this episode i can't wait to hear your feedback on it um, but until next time thank you so much for listening <laughs>